Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Awesome. Well, if you got your Bibles, open with me to John chapter 1. We're going to be living as a church in John for a while now. So public service announcement. Um... John is going to be where we'll be for a while, until further notice, okay? And, um, and you'll see why in a moment, but I'm excited about the message today. We're beginning a new series. The title of the series, if you want to write down, is Beloved. Beloved. And so, praying it's going to help you and really speak to you. And um, I just want to say too, I don't study the Word of God so that I can, I can preach. I share what I'm learning. And so that's just a little, little inside information for you that I don't get up here trying to perform. Uh, I really do get up here and just try to share what I feel like God has shown me. And so, um, so whether you like it or not, just come on the journey with me, okay? You're coming along for the ride and uh, what a ride it is in John. And so I'm, I'm, I'm getting so much out of it and I pray that you will as well. So the title of the series is Beloved and we're in John 1 today. So we'll be making our way through John We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what God does. I don't like to sort of, I'm not the type of person that pre-plans everything. You know, for me, for me that's too sterile and uh, too organized. And, um, you know, I just like to let the Holy Spirit lead me and say, you know what, if we end up on that mountain over there, great. If we end up over there, the, the view will be good because we'll be with Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're in John 1. We're going to read this little passage of scripture in John 1. Starting in verse 35, I'm going to read to verse 42. It says, The next day again John was standing, this is John the Baptist, standing with his two disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? It's interesting. He's just like, what are you seeking? And they're just like, where are you staying? (laughs) And he said to them, come and you will see. That's the title of this episode. Come and see. Come and you will see. So they came and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew. Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that as we read it, it reads us. And Lord, whatever we're lacking today, Father, I just ask that you would supply it to us. Lord, I just thank you that there's so many different stories that are being written right now, but we come together under one word. We come together under one spirit. So Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would remove from our lives the things that need to go. We thank you that, Lord... 
scripture is, is, is your breath on these pages and it is profitable in so many ways. So Father, for, 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 for the causes of, of what you're doing in our lives, God, I just ask that you would do whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. And I just thank you, God, that across our whole church, that that's our cry, that's our prayer, that's our desire, that's our heart, Lord, that, that you would do what you want to do. And that somehow in the middle of it, Lord, that it would be us moving out of the way and you coming in so that we can learn the way. And so, Father, I thank you for that. And Lord, as we look ahead to Good Friday, help us to ready our hearts for that. Help us to open up our lives to overflow so that other people are also caught up in that and that people will come to the amphitheater. Father, we thank you that that's holy ground. And may many walk on it, Lord, on Good Friday and hear your voice in Jesus' name. And we all say it. This series is about following Jesus. Now, I want to say something about John. I'm going to talk a little bit about John, who he was, why he wrote. But I want to start by talking about the Gospels themselves, okay? So this series is going to be a little bit more teaching, perhaps, than preaching. We'll see. But one thing you've got to know about the Gospels is that there are three that are very similar and one that's not. Okay, there's three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called the Synoptic Gospels, which just essentially means they're the same, they're, they're similar. Okay, and then there's John, and we're going to talk about why John is different in a moment. But I want to encourage you, when you're, when you're reading the Gospels, especially the Gospels, the account of Jesus' life, think about it this way. You get to read the account of Jesus' life through the eyes of the person who wrote it. So you get to understand, okay, this is Jesus through the lens of Matthew. This is Jesus through the lens of Mark. This is Jesus through the lens of Luke and then also John as well. So as we're reading John, I want to encourage you, you're actually seeing the life of Jesus through the eyes of John. You're getting to see the eyewitness account of Jesus himself through this guy called John. As he wrote this, this gospel, as he wrote this story, we get to actually see Jesus, if you like, through his eyes. John, this is, by the way, this is not John the Baptist who wrote the book of John, just in case you didn't know that. that, that, that is, um, he writes about John the Baptist, but this is John the Apostle. John the Apostle is, is known as the, the love apostle. He's the one that refers to himself. He doesn't talk about himself. He refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But he never refers to himself as John. He refers to himself as, as the one that, that Jesus loved. He also wrote the gospel that is often known as the red letter edition. It has more words of Jesus than any other gospel. Uh, it records the words of Jesus more than anyone else. Um, but John is actually a breathtaking account of the life of Jesus. Um, there's a few things I, I want to say just off the top about John. And I think this is really the burden for the series is, is what we can understand as we read John is John is a great place to start if you're starting in faith. John is an amazing place to begin if you're a brand new follower of Jesus Christ. It is, it is when people ask me that are new to faith, where should I start? What should I read? I always say, just read John. Just go and read John. And then I also want to say that if you are a ways on in your faith, you should also read John. You should also read John as much as you can. Because you need to know John. 
And we're going to talk about why you need to know John and the differences there. And then I also want to say this, if you're much older in the faith, you need to read John. <laughs> For reasons which will become apparent. Because John is unique and he writes then and for us now for a specific purpose. And there's a reason that, that, we, that we have the book of John and, and we're going to see that in a moment. John was the longest living apostle. If you look at all the apostles, they were all martyred except John. John was the one that lived till the end of his life. Um, some of this, by the way, I'm going to share in a moment is, is church tradition and history. It's not in the scriptures, but... Um, it, it, is, it is the historical account. Okay, but he lived the longest. Um, history tells us that uh, Peter, under the emperor Nero, was crucified upside down. Um, and John wasn't crucified, but they did try to kill him. They, they tried to kill him because he was such a threat because of his ongoing understanding of Jesus and what he shared and as Christianity spread, the emperor was threatened by him. So they tried to kill John. History tells us they put him in a, in a pot of boiling water and he would not die. In fact, not only did he not die, he didn't burn at all and he preached Christ to them. That's what history tells us. And then, so on from that, then that, that again, history tells us that he was then exiled to Patmos. And Eugene Peterson calls him uh, Pastor John of Patmos. And that's where he obviously wrote the book of Revelation. Um, he was a pastor. He became an apostle. And, and he was true apostolic in his nature. Many believe that he went and he lived in Ephesus. He was an elder there. And, and he wrote um, to the churches. He wrote to seven churches in Revelation. It was Jesus speaking through him from the vision. But... He truly lived an incredible life, and later in his life is when he wrote. So if you, if you look at the book of John, it was actually written 60 years after the crucifixion. 60 years afterwards that he put pen to paper and carried along by the power of the Holy Spirit, he wrote the words that we have in John. And the reason that he wrote is because in his older age, he was sitting back and he was seeing things happen in the church. And he was realizing some things were skewed and out of order and just not right. And so he begins to write and we have these words. Uh, Matthew, Mark and Luke, they wrote about the last year of Jesus' ministry. And so John knew this and he saw this and he, so he comes in with an earlier account, an earlier of understa understanding, which is why we have certain things. Here are some things that we have in John that we have nowhere else. We have um, John chapter 2, the wedding, of the wedding at Cana. Um, we don't have that anywhere else. Scholars believe that that was actually John's wedding, that, that, that there was actually his wedding that, that Jesus did that first miracle. Um, John chapter 3 is, is the interaction with Nicodemus where he says to Nicodemus, he hears Jesus say to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Um, without John, we wouldn't have what we, what we know in John 3.16. Um, we wouldn't have one of my favorite references to the Holy Spirit, which is John 3 and verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes, you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Listen to me, John heard Jesus say that and wrote it down, recorded it. We have John chapter 4, which is the woman at the well. We have that nowhere else. Uh, we have the, John chapter 5, the lame uh, man who had been at the pool for 38 years. We have John chapter 8, the woman caught in adultery and Jesus' response to that. We have John chapter 9, the, the man that was born blind. We have John chapter 11, the raising of Lazarus. Uh, John 13, the washing of the disciples' feet. 
What I'm trying to say here is that John brings to us so much that wasn't previously there. John 14, 15, and 16 is the conversation at the Last Supper. That we, that we see these words that are not written anywhere else, not recorded anywhere else, and John wrote them down because he was, he was literally right there with Jesus. And he recorded it. Here's something cool. John 17. We know in our Bibles because the header in, in that part of John 17 says a high priestly prayer. This is a moment where Jesus is in the garden and he invites them to come with him. And then he invites three of them to come closer. And uh, Peter and James, they fall asleep. John stays awake. And he hears the, the conversation. Listen to me. The prayer that Jesus has with his father and writes it down. I'm just telling you, sometimes we just, we just pass through things in our Bible and we're like, oh, well, that's nice. I'm just going to go on and check out what the newspaper says or go look at what's happening on social media. But we forget of how incredible it is that we have these words that John recorded, that the Holy Spirit reminded him of. And he wrote them down. And he wrote them down 60 years on. How did he do that? I believe that he, he was able to do it because he continued to have encounters with Jesus all through his life. He had a deepening... Re John had a revelation of God, but he had a deepening revelation of God. You can also have a deepening revelation of God. Yes. And he saw himself the way Jesus sees him as one beloved. So how does he begin? The whole thing, we just want to read the very first part of John. And John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. I want to encourage you when you're reading your Bible to do three things. Some of you need to write this down. You should look for a command to be obeyed. You should look, look for a promise to grab a hold of, or you should look for a truth to build your life on. A command, a promise, or a truth. And I believe if you do that, you'll see grace as well. But whenever we read our Bibles, whenever we study our Bibles, it's amazing to me, everywhere I go in the Bible, I always find one of those three things. A command, a promise, I see truth. So what do we see here? What does John want us to see here in John chapter 1? First point is this. Jesus is God. This is the way that John begins. This is the way that he sets this whole thing up for you and I and, and for the people that would read this, this gospel. That Jesus is God. Look at what it says. In the beginning, does that sound familiar? Because John had a revelation. And John later in his life was looking. He was seeing things. And he wrote the very first thing. He didn't just want to come up with a clever intro to kind of one-up Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Be like, hey, you know, I'm going to get these guys. I'm going to write something really good. This is going to sell. No, he wanted us to understand something. He wanted us to see something about Jesus something that he himself had seen and something today, friend, that you can see as well. That Jesus is God. 
He wanted us to understand the preeminence of Jesus. The, the, if you like, the, the, the fact that Jesus was before anything was. That, that before anything was, Jesus was. He places Jesus at the very top of the proverbial tree and positions Jesus in the unique place that he deserves to be as the one who created, but also the one who creates. John chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, how did God create the world? He spoke. He spoke. The Gospel of John has more of the words of Jesus than anywhere else. John wants us to know today that Jesus' words, they matter. And they bring life. And he's careful to do this because he wants us to understand the preeminence of Christ, that he's supreme over all things. It's amazing when you and I, when we get a revelation that Jesus is God, everything else seems to be in order. Everything else seems to be right in my life. Jesus was in the beginning. This is the supremacy of God. He also wants us to know that once you get that revelation of God, it changes everything about the way you live. There's something in here, right? We read it off the top in John chapter 1. Uh, this is in verse 38. It says, Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they, that's when they responded, where are you going? This is a note here about discipleship that I believe John wants us to see as well. It's, he wrote that Jesus turned and saw them following him. They were following him. And he turned and he saw them following him. Do you see this? They didn't get some gold-encrusted, beautiful invitation with a gift card to Carabas. To say, come on, I've got, got a lot to accomplish. Would you please come and help me? Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to get this thing done. Jesus turned and saw them following. Some people are waiting on an invitation to follow Jesus. John wants you to know, you see Jesus, it'll shift your whole perspective. It'll change the way that you, you think about everything. Because you've seen that Jesus is God. You'll see that what you're doing is, man, the futile, the emptiness of everything that I thought was God. Now I know who God is and I want to follow him. That's discipleship. It's fairly straightforward. His presence shifts my perspective. Over and over and over and over again. I just want to encourage if you're waiting for this thing that happened and you're walking down the beach and you see in the sky, follow me from God. It's not going to happen. Just get a revelation of who Jesus is. It'll change the rest of your life. John also wants to understand that Jesus is God, which means that he has no birthday. See, we teach children that Jesus' birthday is December 25th. And that's kind of true, but not fully true. It's not the whole truth. See, Jesus entered in. He has no beginning. This is what Paul talks about in Colossians 1, that Jesus is supreme. He's above everything. 
He's outside of time and space. And he came and visited us and walked on this earth. And Jesus actually says this in John 8. If we ever get to John 8, I don't know, we'll find out. But in John 8, Jesus actually is having this amazing conversation. And these guys start saying to Jesus, well, you know, we've never been enslaved to anyone. Which is hilarious, considering all the slavery that had taken place in the people of God. And they were under Roman occupation at the time. But he's having this amazing conversation and he says, well, they're like, are you like our father Abraham? And Jesus says, before Abraham was... I am. Before anything was, I am. John wants us to know that Jesus is supreme. That's the first thing he wants us to know. That Jesus is God. And the second thing he wants us to know is that Jesus loves me. And Jesus loves you. See, you could begin John chapter 1 and be like, man, this is big. This is big. John's connecting us to Genesis 1. This is like a lot. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm there. But how does this relate to me? What has this got to do with me? Well, John is masterful in the way he writes. He doesn't just finish the chapter or finish that section by leaving anyone out. He tells us his incredible story. It's, it's this moment where, where Philip is involved and, and, and Philip becomes a follower and then Philip goes and finds a guy called Nathaniel. It says in verse 45, Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He was skeptical. He doubted. Some of you are skeptical. Some of you doubt. How could a God as big as that care about someone like me? Well, let's keep reading. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? How do you know me? Some of you may be asking that today. You're in worship and you're singing, but really deep down on the inside of you, you're thinking to yourself, does God really know me? Does God really know me? But Jesus answered him before Philip called you. When you were under the fig tree, I saw you. No one else could have ever seen that. Obviously, Nathaniel was on his own. Some of you today, you feel like you're on your own. The struggle that you went through just before you came to church an hour ago, you feel like you're on your own. The stuff that you went through this week, the really challenging things that happened with those employees at work or the stuff that happened with you and your kids, you think in this moment right now, it was just me and it was just me on my own. I want to encourage you, Jesus loves you so much and he saw you under that fig tree. And John wants you to know this is God's immense nature paired with his beautiful love. In verse 18, he says, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. Look at this. He has made him known. God has allowed us to know the one who already knows you. 
How incredible is that? That God has allowed, this is what John wants us to know today, is that God has allowed us to become aware that Jesus already knows us. And that no matter where we've been, no matter what we've gone through, no matter what your life looked like, go back as many years in your life as you want. Can I encourage you? Jesus saw you. And he loves you. This is why John goes on to write in 1 John 3, another one of his letters. He he says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. That we should be called children of God. Wow. And he says, and so we are. Here's the gift today in John. God knows you. And you're already known. You're already loved. You're beloved. This is the revelation that he, he's trying to tell people. This is what happens when you see that Jesus is God. When you don't get off track. When you don't see him as some self-help thing. When you, when, you, when you don't take it to a place that doesn't line up with what's in the word. What he wants us to know is that if you just see God, Jesus as God, and keep it as simple as that, you'll understand he is God and he loves me. And I'm loved. That's why we teach our kids that song, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. For the words of John tell me so. And the woman at the well in John 4 said the same thing. She said, come to all the people in the town after she had this incredible moment with Jesus who shouldn't have been there and shouldn't have showed up and shouldn't have talked to her. She has this amazing moment. She gets the revelation for herself and she runs back into town and she says, come see a man who told me of all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? I'm just telling you. John chapter one. Jesus is God and he loves you. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Lord, I just thank you. Father, I just pray you'd give us a revelation like Nathaniel had. That no matter what we've been through, no matter where we've gone, no matter what's happened in our lives. That if you are God, you love us. So help us have faith for that today. Help us to maybe understand that on a whole new level today. Lord, I just pray for anyone in here today that feels alone. Father, I pray for anyone in here today that feels unseen like you don't know what's going on or you haven't seen it, Lord, I just pray the words in our Bibles today would remind us of the truth that you love us, that you love us, that we're already loved, that when we came across this moment in our lives where we realized, wow, I'm loved, that we were already loved and that we were already known in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.